In the King James Version. Let us pray. Psalms 121, verses 1 through 27. Yes, exactly. Let me get my genuflect. Yeah. (laughs) Welcome to the Forefathers Podcast. Because that would be pretty funny considering we're hijacking a priest yeah. podcast. <laughs> hijacking priests? I didn't say anything about that. That's, that's all you. <laughs> all right. Welcome to the Forefathers Podcast. Hi, I'm Eric. I'm Adam. And I'm Fife. And I'm Paul. And this is a podcast about faith, fatherhood, friendship, and other F words. So welcome back, everybody. This is week two of our four-week series on, well, us. So each week during the series, we're talking about how one person has impacted the rest of us. And this week, it's Eric, also known as Fife. One of the fun things about our group was we have two people with the same name, uh, though spelled differently. So let's see if you can hear it. There's Eric and Eric. So one's with a C and one's with a K. Yeah, I do. The E is silent, though. Hear. The, the, the E is not silent. It would just be Rick if it, the E was silent, and that would make any uh, sense. It's Ick. Well, no, it, actually, the E sounds like an A in both of them for some reason. Yes. Yeah, yay English language. So one of the things that we like to do to try to structure the conversation a little bit, which is right up this person's alley, very structured, I got the first shot across the bow there. Beep, beep, pop um, on the Fife bus. That's right. Here we go. Let me ask you, fellas, Adam and Eric, what's one poignant memory you have about Fife from before he was 25? Adam, you have known him quite a bit longer. You are his younger brother. And Eric, probably you've known him for maybe even just a little cool. less longer. So who wants to start off? Don't make me start. <laughs> You can't. Eric, you go, oh, you're not go ahead, Adam. I was going to say you can go first. Oh, fine. <laughs> so I've known Eric for 29 years. Yeah. Is that where we're yeah. at? Yeah, we're basically, I mean, you were like 15, right? Yeah, 15, 16, yeah. Back in the day. And it was funny meeting him, but that's not the part that was most poignant. I think probably the most poignant fun memory that I have of him is Eric always seems to have a plan and know what he wants. Some of the things that he wanted just didn't make sense to me, and it always cracked me up, right? When we first started driving, that was a few years after I met him, the first thing he did was go out and buy this behemoth truck, like a Ram 1500. And that was fine. You know, I was always like, I drew whatever beaters my parents wanted to buy me. It was never more than a $2,000 vehicle. It never lasted yeah, long anyway. I was going to say, sure we'll, we'll get to that, Romanek. We'll, we will get but, to that next week, my friend. <laughs> But Eric cared. He cared what his car looked like. And the thing that really cracked me up is after he'd had, sorry, truck. But what really cracked me up about it is he bought this really nice truck and then he spent hundreds of dollars on a radio for the truck. I got a discount. It doesn't matter. It was still hundreds of dollars on a radio for a truck that you didn't spend that much time in. I mean, I guess you drove around a little bit, but I mean, it wasn't your life. And it cracked me up because the thing that I tease Eric about incessantly as far as this radio went is it was really an awesome LED lit up, lots of light effects and power effects. It was great on audio and I'm sure it was a high-end car stereo, but the thing that always caught my attention was the fact that when you turned on a specific setting, it had these dolphins swimming across the screen. You know, I think the thing that's funny for me about that is 
it's not something I would have cared about. For me, appearances have never been super important, but I now have a kid who cares about those types of details. It matters to him what things uh, like. Prayers answered. Thank you. <laughs> right? So having grown up with Fife, I got to learn what that looked like and what it could become. Because I think one of the things that Eric's done with his life is he's used that attention to detail, that desire for the aesthetic, that desire for the things that he had a plan for to do some really awesome things. So poignant memory from childhood. That's awesome. And a little redemption over all my time. Now, now I just need to insert something here that you have. No, no, no. Adam got a chance to chime in. From this point, you have to understand our history. All of our friends were moving or trying to move out of their parents' home. Where did that leave a lot of us borrowing a minivan to move quads or uh, move furniture? No, couldn't fit a couch in a, a minivan. So you had to get a truck. So who else got a truck? Me. <laughs> Yeah, and all you did was, I think the first pumper sticker you put on there is, yes, I have a truck. No, I won't help you. Exactly. And nobody (laughs) abided by that rule, so it didn't matter. (laughs) That's right. We thought it meant everybody else. It it, it was always, hey, we're going to go get some ice cream at Kimball's. Oh, let's take Fife's truck because we could all sit in the back. (laughs) How about you, Adam? So I think Uh in knowing my brother for 44 years. years. (laughs) I'm not 42, July. I think one of the things kind of sticks out thinking about all our childhood is his adventurism. We went through a phase of freestyle bikes in the early 90s. I can even think back to the days of Arlington where we lived on a dead end. There was this law. I remember you coming back into the house looking for mom. You ended up with Toby, the neighbor down the street. You and him were riding up and down the hill. At the end of the dead end, there was this railroad track. And so him and Toby would try to compete and see who could get up the hill. So they zoomed down the road and got it up this dirt hill into the woods, trying to get up to the top of the, what's now a rail trail, but now it used to be a... Active um, railroad. <laughs> yeah. And we're talking like a distance of about 60, 70 feet at, at a pretty steep grade. And I remember Toby couldn't make it up and you almost got to the top, but fell backwards. And there was a log off to the side with a protruding stick and punctured into your back, was it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember you coming back to the house and your whole back of your shirt was bloody and mom was like, oh, dear goodness. (laughs) What was dad's response, Adam? Put a Band-Aid on it. Yeah, go out and play. It's still light up. That's where I learned. From constantly making jumps in the backyard and getting the wind knocked out of you. It was like, I can't breathe. Can't breathe. Put your hands up. Put your hands up. (laughs) But but no, being being adventurous like that and, and always, always not afraid to try new things. For me, uh... Eric played guitar. I played guitar. <laughs> I was actually thinking of Boy Scouts. Gosh. That's the first thing we probably connected on. I'm like, oh, they're in this troop. And yeah, I was a Boy Scout. We were both Eagle Scouts. I think from early day one, and it was definitely around the car, the truck, I'm sorry. That was just a way you had that because you were a man about town. Like you had things to do. You had plans, right? So to me, I had a car because... You just needed a car to get around. We didn't have Uber. We just, you know, <laughs> drove when we needed to drive. It was the thing to do. You turned 18, you got a car. I got a hand-me-down, and then I got another car that we'll talk about more in the next episodes. You had a truck because you had plans for it. I feel like you were so farther down. You were, like, 
building out. You had a legitimate resume, and I was like, I wait tables sometimes. <laughs> I work at Red Lobster. I love this place. <laughs> like, I made um, a tent. <laughs> I'm trying to get an IT job, and what do I write here? I remember writing the most kind server or something like that. And the, my boss walking, he was like, yeah, you should probably not put that on your IT resume. I'm just saying. You <laughs> what had to say about there? IT? It was a scary movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, everybody. You had a plan. And so all my memories are around responsible guy. Seemed like you had it together. And so my memories are around, oh, he's going to do this. And he's got all these irons in the fire. And he's got all this stuff going on. Let me ask, what, where did that start from? Did you just hit the ground running from day one? It's almost like it's coming out with a fully formed work ethic, as it were. Like, where did that come from? When I was birthed, it just happened from that day on. No. He came out with buckies. <laughs> okay, let's I, I came out with video. a clipboard cool. and, and a bunch of task lists ready to go. You kind of hit it on the head, Paul, with Boy Scouts. I got a lot of my opportunities to sharpen my leadership skills in that place. I had a lot of good adults in my life, being able to connect people together and lead them long-term. I follow the project from inception to the point where those that I put in place, they can take it and run with it. And then I move on to the next thing. You talked about your resume, Paul, a little bit that kind of triggered a thought. When I was working in the financial sector for a while, I know you were looking for a job and I probably had talked at length about that resume. I remember you had your first interview with my boss at the time. You kind of came out of it. And the question he posed to you was, what's a firewall for? And you were said, what was it? It's to block porn. <laughs> and I kind of <laughs> like turned to him and went, you said what? <laughs> hey, this isn't about me, man. About you. I don't know what we're doing here. So at that point, I was like, okay, I could do one or two things in my mind. When my manager shared that with me, I was like, do I do damage control or do I let that slide and let that be Paul's humor? And my manager was a smart guy to say he was kind of joking, but you know, he answered it right. But I thought it was very funny that that was his response. Very clear, concise, you know, a firewall yeah. for blocking porn. <laughs> but by the way, just a quick, that's Ernie Cormier. Unfortunately, he is no longer with us. Yeah, he passed. And he is, he is definitely a big reason of where I am today. Still in IT and gave me a chance. Ernie Cormier, awesome guy. For me, my wife will contest this a lot. I will seek out opportunities where I can get stretched. If it's something I've never done, like here's an example, I'm venturing into barbecue. Hey, it's something interesting. I haven't tried it. I want to give it a shot. I tried it a couple of times last week. Didn't come out 100%, but I was like, you know what? I have a process. I'll figure it out. I'll come up with some super recipe with the goal in mind to learn and hopefully be able to pass that knowledge off to somebody else. That's awesome. That was seven minutes of your 10 minute. Oh, okay. Time. Sorry. I'll shorten up my speech at the end. I can That's take right. out a few, few sub points. We'll have the secretary read your testimony back to you. At the end. I'll have to tell her to shorten the teleprompter. So the next question, that was a memory, some conversations about while we were younger. How about uh, more recently, what are some poignant memories that got married, developed into a father, husband? What's what's some of the me memories you have of him? No recent ones. Thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah, really. I can actually start. For me, it's always I am blown away daily by the fact that you're running your own business. I saw my wife ran a daycare out of her house for five years and just thinking about that and interacting with parents, clients, customers, developing new technologies, being marketing and sales, everything in between. Is there any bigger area to grow in than starting your own business? How you've worked through that and how that's evolved over the years. That's been amazing watching you, Father Cody and Emma, throwing yourself into sports. He's coaching baseball or softball or what have you. Your plate is quite full, my friend. 
Hmm. Yeah, idle hands are tools of the devil, as they say. They are, indeed. Yep. So are busy hands. It doesn't matter which hands they are, yeah. honestly. <laughs> <laughs> it just depends who they're attached to. <laughs> One of the things that I've seen as you've gotten older, and it, it's not so different from when you were younger. Gray hairs. But it's something that I've seen mature. I mean, oh yeah, by the way, you're bald. Yes, good. Just in case you didn't know that, I can tell everybody that you've had a lack of hair for like 25 years. And I started noticing it when you were 20. I've seen it mature as you've matured. No, that's not what I was <laughs> Thanks. <gonna say>. 18. <laughs> okay, good one, Adam. <laughs> cool. As somebody who is... I'm a much less structured, uh, planned out person, right? When I look at you, and a lot of this relates to your business, when I look at what you do and how you do it, I think getting into business for yourself and a long-term shift to make that happen was amazing. And so for those people that don't know, Eric used to work for a bank. He worked for a bank in IT for his entire career until he voluntarily got laid off as part of a layoff round. And he took that severance package to start his business. What's really funny is it could be argued that he was doing more work on his business when he was working for the bank than he was for the bank. I'll deny it. (laughs) (laughs) But he always has his vision on the long-term goal, even when he's working through the steps now. I remember giving him a hard time about his job at the bank. And he's like, you know, I can do my job without a lot of attention. I've talked to a couple other people that are like that too. Their day job is the way they fund the things they're passionate about. And that's basically what Eric was doing with the bank. He was working for the bank. He was doing the job that they asked him to do. He was doing it well. And he had found ways to do it well without investing 60 hours a week, like some of us have to do in our career. So what he would do is he would take the time he had earned back by finding ways to process that stuff smarter, not harder, not longer. He would invest it back into his company. Every time I talk to him, and this is true even now, he's like, so here's where I'm trying to get to. Here's the next step. Here's the plan. Here's the thing I'm working on right now. I listen to him and I get exhausted. (laughs) That explains the snoring on the phone calls, but okay. (laughs) But it is really awesome to see and to understand because it's not my natural bend. And so it pushes me on to do things differently, to look at things differently, to have some more longevity in my thought process. So that's something I've really enjoyed awesome. seeing as Eric's gotten older. By 345 days older. How about you? Cool. Uh, well, it's been 40 years. <laughs> Not years, days. <laughs> 30 years. I think one thing, especially as my brother has gotten older and wiser, is loyalty. His ability to lend a hand whenever there's a need or situation or something that needs to be done, especially around family, being able to just drop what he's doing and reach out and lend a hand, even though sometimes it's inconvenient and seems like a lot of work. That's just one thing that I've always tried to strive to and, and have is that loyalty factor and being able to to see an opportunity and that ability to come and help out when either I get stuck or something is about to burn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot. So that's just one thing that's just uh, always stuck in my my head. Having Eric as my brother is just that loyalty factor. That's awesome. 
he certainly takes advantage of all of those opportunities in in every area, facet, and aspect of his life. Something we could all we could all learn from. Let us pray. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yeah, you just had to bait him, didn't you? you I did. Had to throw that I, I set him up. I didn't bait him. <laughs> we were almost going through through the whole podcast without hearing that, and then there it is. Cool. Yeah. So the the last question of this time talking about our, our friend Fife here. So what has he brought to the group long term? So all this time uh, hanging out with each other, all the time that you've known him, what has he brought to the group that maybe uh, we wouldn't have ha- had here had he not been a part of the group? Adam? Um, <laughs> Silence. I'm, tr- I'm trying to think of... Oh, I can't think of the word. Hold on. <laughs> Transubstantiation. <laughs> Epi- um, Epiphrescent? Is that the word dolphin. you're looking for? <laughs> Type A. No, I think... I think uh, um, OCD? Just, what? <laughs> Not. <laughs> I would have to say my brother definitely leads a charge and has the ability to take a situation and run with it, no matter what's given to him, no matter what's been put in front of him. He takes the time to analyze it, come up with a plan and address the need. I look at that a lot and it's like, how the heck did you make a castle out of a mound of dirt? Just being able to take the lead, take charge to be able to see where there's a need and fill in, not just let it sit by the wayside. And it doesn't have to be perfect. It it may not come out the way people expect. He has that ability to just jump into the pool and be the first one to lead that. Mm. That's great. Yeah, that's very true. Very true. Very true. I, I think for me, what Eric has brought to the group is really the ability to deal with things in a healthy way. You know, it's funny, Eric and I are both, I don't know if you guys have picked this up on this podcast yet, we're fairly verbal and have fairly strong opinions about stuff. Sometimes our opinions don't match up, you know, and sometimes the reality is because of the longevity of our relationships, we have deep conversations about things that really matter to us. Mm -hmm. Real relationships where we're transparent and open. Sometimes the feedback we get is correcting, not supporting, (laughs) which is valuable, right? We all need those people in our lives where we can have that conversation and they can say, no, you're being a bigger banana head. Like, stop. Sometimes the conversations that Eric and I have had over the years have been those conversations, but because of Eric's commitment to the relationship, because of my commitment to the relationship, because of our commitments to the relationship, these relationships have lasted a long time and we were always able to come back and finish the conversation. Even if in a moment of heat, we, we had to stop it for a minute. Yeah. You know, and that's not something that I have in every relationship I've got. And I love it. I, I, I value it deeply because we can have hard conversations and I always know that Eric has my back. Yeah. Like it's never about him being right. It's never about me being right. It's about what's the best thing for both of us for, or for the people that we're interacting with or for me or for him. And I just love that. I think that's something that I've seen modeled over and over again over the 30 years that I've been walking with Eric. 
That's awesome. You mean you're not supposed to win an argument? How long have you been married, Paul? <laughs> no, I know. Yeah, you should give up now. I've learned many. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've, yeah, we've learned that. There's no winning anyway. Even if there was a thing, even if it was a thing to win, you just wouldn't. You just wouldn't win. Because remember, it's yeah. a war, not a battle. That's right. <laughs> as long as I live a little longer. Seriously, live to fight another day. <laughs> Every day, six feet above ground is great. It's better. You know. Eric, it's interesting you say that because you two are strong personalities. And there were definitely times that really early on when, when I was working at this same big bank after I somehow got through that interview. Not, I'm still to this day not sure how that happened, but it happened. God. Yeah, seriously. Kicked it off. Um, but there'd be days when we'd go to lunch and like I would be the guy in the middle hearing you go back and forth about, no, 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 it's got to be this way. No, it's got to be this way. It's got to be that way. Windows. Linux, Apple, Android, Chevy, just back and forth. And I'd be sitting here going, hey, you know. Thunderous. Yeah, exactly. Tidy what um, Boxers. Yeah. <laughs> How many There's debates a... did we have about boxers or briefs? One. <laughs> <laughs> but it was intense. <laughs> yes. Or... Oh, you caught me. But anyway, go on. Yeah. <laughs> you caught me. For me, I think that. You brought structure. You brought somebody to be inspired by from a, I can, I can ask for something more, you know, like I'm remembering, you know, being in a band, right. You know, playing at our, our former church. What was our band name? Being, being Theomosa. <laughs> there we go. Um, That's what or, it was. I couldn't or, remember. Or, or 40 days, which there was another band called 40 days, which is always a great story to tell. When I would lead worship with you guys and I would be leading the band, I'd be like, no, no, no. Fife is the leader. He's the type A guy that should be leading this. Why am I leading him? Like, it felt so weird to do that. I and wasn't the, Sting. The, Sorry. I couldn't play and bass the, and sing at the same time. <laughs> and that's the only reason. Or else you would have been like, hey, Travers. Look, like, listen. let me bump you out of the way. That's right. Yeah. No. I'm sending out in. Okay. But yeah. So I think for me, Mess knowing that you were a leader from day one and not just a task list kind of leader that just has these things to do, but, but somebody that really cared about the heart and being by your side, going to worship conferences and all, all other things like that. It's been great. It's funny because I'm thinking in this group, like structure, like that seems so ridiculous, but <laughs> it's how you control chaos. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, I think even with the podcast, right? You brought structure. You were like, Hey guys, do you want to do a podcast? We were like, yes. And then we all like ran in three different directions. I'm trying to collaborate with you guys. It's like hurting bees. <laughs> or... yeah, trying to nail Joe. You're trying to get the move, move in the same direction. And they keep stinging you. That's right. That's right. It's just, yeah. Like every group needs that guy. That's like, Hey guys, we said, we're going to do this. We need to do, do this. Here are the steps and breaks it down and not just like, Hey, let's do a podcast where you like broke it down into steps. The world needs more people like that. It's just been fun to walk alongside you. So now, Mr. Pfeiffer, Eric Pfeiffer. I got three minutes left of my 10 minutes. The guy with the. Nah, you, you can go 10. We're going to edit it all out anyway. Right. Yeah, we'll okay. uh, get it done in 31 minutes. Tell, tell us about your dolphins and your truck. In all seriousness, what did you bring to the group? Like, how did you see yourself fitting in? And was it even a fit in thing? Like, what is this group from your perspective? His truck usually sounded like this. <laughs> I think that was more your blazer. But anyway, I bring to this group is that leadership ability. 
I don't know if it started early on when we first wandered into church or whether it just kind of clicked over a period of time, but there was always an opportunity for me to have a place. And that place could have been pretty much anything. And a lot of times it was, hey, we just need someone to take this idea and run with it. Whether it was car surfing in the back of the church, trying to unstuck a caravan in a snowbank because we were being stupid trying to do reverse donuts with it and home before our curfews or even that the common sense to know that one king size mattress wasn't enough that we really need four or five in order to be able to jump off a 10 foot balcony and not break our ankle it's those things that I look back and I go, those are the fun times and the times that I didn't put a whole lot of forethought and planning, but that was where I was sharpening my skills because there was space that you guys created for me to be able to do that. That's where I think I brought a lot of great things to this group. I, one thing that popped in my head just now was we were all getting to that point. We were all graduating from high school. We had this grandiose idea that Tim, I, and Billy we were going to spend whatever money we currently had in our bank accounts, which is probably less than a hundred bucks and go refurb Billy's mom's um, garage and turn it into a one room loft that three guys were going to share. We spent a lot of construction. Tim's parents, I think spent a ton of money extra to get that up to code standards so we could live in it. Landlord came by and was like, what are you doing to this garage? You shouldn't be doing this. So that snowballed that we ended up scrapped this whole entire project, lost all the money, all went our separate ways. <laughs> we were all going to sleep at a, a three foot loft. Like we were living in a homeless shanty. Wow. It was pretty bad. Yeah. yeah you were living the freedom. <laughs> pretty much. They may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom. Yes, yes, they'll never take our freedom. I think there was always our youth pastor and other adults in my life, Peter Capola and a few others, really taught me that it's about just going into a situation and having strength to trust that even though you don't have all of the stuff together, that you can formulate a little bit of a plan and then just go do it. And wherever there's a need, just fill it. You don't have to have all of your ducks in a row and just go out and serve or go out and help a friend in need. Adam's touched upon it last week, and I'm sure we'll touch upon it with Eric and Paul. We all share that and, you know, be able to have fun doing it. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, it was a safe place to try things like that. Everybody wouldn't necessarily always get the warm and fuzzies reaction. Like you might get a dude, that's ridiculous. Why? What are you even doing? Mm -hmm. But yep. In that, but in the same way, it was a safe place because you're if you're gonna screw up, you might as well screw up in front of friends instead instead of other in front of you know strangers. That way, your friends can bother you about things like ducks in a row and your brakes being on fire or um, any or of the your other wheel rolling right by. Or us. your wheel rolling, yeah, your wheel doing better time. I'm surprised a lot of those just didn't come out in this meeting until now. Well, but there's a, we're just trying to get it all under the gun, all under, all the, under the same truck. Right. But the dolphins <laughs> just swam. Yeah, yeah. The dolphins that's right. Swam. Is that your wheel going across the highway? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yep. That was an impressive moment, for sure. Yep. All right. Well, thank you everybody for joining us. Uh, we hope that you're learning about us, not just to learn about us for the sake of learning about us, but also learning about our process and how our relationships have developed over the years. We all bring something different to the table and we're all definitely greater than some of our parts. So thanks for being here. Have a good day. Amen.
Amen. Amen. And thanks for listening to the Forefathers Podcast, where we talk about faith, fatherhood, and other F words. If you want to learn more, head over to our website at the number four fatherspodcast.com. If you'd like to help our show, make sure you give us a review on iTunes or in the podcast app of your choice. Those reviews help others find our show. And if you have any other questions or comments, you can send those to feedback at forefatherspodcast.com.